0: So welcome to another episode uh, of the Pharma UX podcast. And today I have with me Eric and he works for Okra Technologies. So welcome, Eric.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, Dan. No worries.
0: So I would love you just to tell us, um, tell us a little bit more about Okra. What do Okra do?
1: So yeah, Okra Technologies, we are a, a machine learning AI company uh, focused on life sciences. And I guess in a big sense, what we do is we, uh, the ethos of our company is to empower people using our technology. Mm. And so what that means is basically uh, there's data that um, companies our clients generate. There's, uh, for example, like open data, like COVID data is a good example of that, demographics, so on and so forth. And helping our clients, um, pharmaceutical companies in in this case, use that data in a more uh, meaningful way to allow sort of we empower different functions from commercial to medical uh to market access mm-hmm. so in a roundabout way is allowing better insights that's going to lead to sort of better outcomes and uh for uh the companies
0: and obviously for the patients yeah definitely what, what was your like personal journey into the whole world of ai and machine mm-hmm. learning
1: yeah um it's uh I think it's always starts really slowly because I think, um, I don't know how much the audience and yourself knows about the sort of uh, history of AI, but sort of it's gone through various phases. I think it was first coined artificial intelligence mm. uh, back in the 70s, and so it's gone through sort of various cycles, and it's just on the upturn in the last four or five years because of this sort of big data movement. Yeah. So uh, for me personally, I started off obviously as a super, super interested in computers, uh, did a little bit of coding, um, but my real entrance was uh, uh, with Okra Technologies, funnily enough, with uh, our CEO, Ludna Boarfa. Uh, and I worked at a cafe at the time. This was about three, three four years ago when mm. she started Okra. She actually started Okra next door. She used to come in um, yeah, pretty much every day, got chatting and... Um, for uh, your listeners, uh, I could I could spend hours speaking about her various uh, credentials and how amazing a lady she is. So I'd encourage uh, your listeners to look her up. But um, it's really it's really uh, that's that's where my journey began. We I learned a lot about data and why that was important, and then uh, starting to be in a company like Okra, who we focus on this one industry. And I think, ultimately, uh, we are pursuing, and I think that's where the interest comes from me, uh, Mm. allowing data to really start to uh, allow, and I'll go into this a little bit later on, but how we can allow patients to be better served with Mm. with the medicine they need, because there's various sort of things that I'll probably go as far as broken with the way our healthcare is set up today. And uh, that's ultimately what our mission and our technology ultimately is trying to do.
0: Awesome. Thanks for sharing. And what would you say are some of the misconceptions or unknown realities of AI? Mm, Yeah,
1: good question. Um, I think I have lots of the fun thing about working uh, in an AI company of sorts is to sort of deal with it every day, uh, its various intricacies, and to really communicate and talk to uh, people about it. Mm. And what is the biggest misconception I see is sort of around AI and robots and replacing human human yeah. beings and being sort of self-aware and all that interesting stuff uh, and I'm sure there's, there's incredibly in terms of advancements of what computers can do and uh, how they're deployed in our everyday lives without us really knowing mm. we're pretty far away from that reality. Yeah. So um, as we start to understand, as I started to understand a little bit more about what is needed to build models that uh, even approach uh, the level of c- cognition that human beings kind of take for granted. Mm. And I think there is some truth to it in the sense of there's going to be some industries that will be automated. But um, I think that comes back to the ethos of our company and the ethos of my view personally on Mm. artificial intelligence. And it's about really... um, machine and the machines are very good at specific things like high computation going over and over uh really um sort of specific tasks but human beings are great at socializing sort of uh understanding how things uh happen in in terms of the general scheme of things Mm. and how Bringing those two things together is really where the juice is. And a great example I I hear over and over again is uh, with AI and radiology. So obviously with image scanning and we can sort of, there's models that can start to, if you train a model over sort of billions and billions of images of of sort of scans, Mm. pathology scans, um, sort of x-rays, machines can more readily identify much quicker rates what specific for example cancers exist in these images much better and more precise than human beings Um, but it's really we start to find the real delta and the real sort of um, the real benefit for patients is when they start to work together because obviously um, it's important to identify the cancer but I'm sure as we know the industry that we work in sort of identifying um, the specific disease is only really the step one of Mm. the process of well-being. So yeah, that's, that's just my view
0: on it. Yeah. It's not a replacement. It's very much an enhancement, isn't it? Exactly.
1: Mm. And I think there, there is going to be, for example, operational things like accounting and sort of data analysis that will be automated but I think what really so for example we have a internal data science team and I don't know sort of the the level of data science literacy with your audience but it's in a simple way it's really about um, they have a passion for problem solving and it's really understanding and an inquiry into the data that exists combining that data and then from that there is a lot of sort of inherent human creativity in it. Mm. And then dealing with sort of terabytes and billions and billions of of rows of data is where the machine sort of comes in. But the creativity that um, uh, is allowed when we're specifically looking to solve a specific problem, the radiology is one case, but it happens all the time all around us. So Mm. uh, 100%
0: agreed, yeah. Yeah, and it's about taking all of that big data and those buzzwords and and really refining it through to what is like actionable here. What can we do with this stuff? Exactly that, exactly that. How do we actually like best identify the right use cases for using something like machine learning or or AI?
1: It's a great question. Um, I think as we look to sort of different industries, the financial mm. sector, uh, retail, Amazon, Google, Apple, all the, all these people, yeah. um, because I guess that awkwardly we focus on healthcare, so I'll focus on sort of maybe healthcare, mm. pharma examples. And in terms of understanding just the the siloed nature of uh, pharma businesses how we try to keep the medical and the commercial bit separate there's a firewall between them. Mm. but what we are starting to understand through our work with the data in this space is that the use cases kind of start to overlap and allowing teams to understand, for example, we have been working with medical affairs teams mm. and understanding how to Engage with KOLs, which are key opinion leaders, not the ones that sort of are they're engaged with today. For example, there is X amount of uh, oncology uh, thought leaders in in a specific area, but really understanding what's the novel research, who are the up and coming uh, KOLs in this space, what topics uh, are really being focused, are really being uh, started to, to really gain steam not only in sort of the discussion phases but also what's happening with patients how is that reflected in the sort of disease prevalence data and then feeding that to sort of allowing the market access teams to have the same view of this data mm-hmm. understanding um, where's the quality of life how can we best get this specific um, indication how can we start to get this specific drug into the Uh, hands of the right people and then bring in the commercial side of the business how do we actually start to deliver that on a continuous basis Mm. and data is allowing us to do that much quicker and more precisely than ever before and fundamentally that's the real value of artificial intelligence
0: yeah
1: and so that's the use cases are 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 many many i could be we could be here all day but that's just a kind of a flavor
0: Mm. with that kind of uh, flow that you have there and the the benefit that you bring with introducing something like AI and machine learning, mm-hmm. where have been the the best applications of it? Like, what kind of examples have you seen where it's worked really, really well in the pharma healthcare kind of space?
1: Um, yeah, the best uh, I think, again, referencing I guess our work because uh, I see it every day is, uh, for example, one of our clients is uh, really, really uh, established in the MS the multiple sclerosis um, space and as we know with COVID face-to-face has been heavily restricted which means that telehealth has has, has been has been highly adopted, but the patients that are seeing their doctor on a sort of monthly basis have um, not been able to do so. Mm. And so allowing not only so understanding who these patients are and what the histor- the historic interaction has been with their medication, but understanding that, oh, okay, we start to understand in the in the areas of sort of high prevalence of COVID, we start to understand. Okay, there's some comorbidities here, so we start to see that the uh, the the patients that suffer from MS are actually more susceptible to COVID. So, understanding how can we allow our client to better serve the patients in the most effective uh, affected COVID areas. And understanding that not sort of just on a sort of a grand scheme, sort of having that in a in a spreadsheet, for example, or having it in a, uh, in a sort of dashboard and saying um, from head office, this is who we're going to, this is where the areas are. And then having that very static, it's having that on a refreshing, ongoing basis. That's allowing us, because as we know, with COVID, it's moving very quickly. It's very, very um and as we know, with the l- latest government shutdowns, and there's curving, and it's about being as agile as possible. Mm. And that's this is what's able, what I guess serves the mission of, of our clients to better enable them to get the me- the medication that the client, the their patients need, uh, where they need it most. And I think that's a use case that. We are very, very passionate about, we're working very hard on. It's very challenging. But um yeah, it's 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 really it's really great. And I think one another sort of grander for sort of more long-term use case is around clinical trials. So um and we obviously we understand that as we clinical trials has been even bigger than before with the whole va- with the whole vaccine, understanding phase one, phase two, phase three. But when we actually start to look at the numbers, start to look at the data, uh, the patients that are actually being served with specific indications that get approved um, by various regulatory bodies Mm. are only, the medicines only tested on a fraction of of the patients that it's actually going to serve. Mm. So allowing that data piece uh, in 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 the pharma industries is known as real world data, and there's been obviously with the big data movement, there's been a huge move towards that. Mm. But understanding how can we not serve just the middle of the bell curve, but started to engage the more long term long tail. Understanding okay with the specific geography, understanding sort of um, genetics, um, ontology, uh, epigenetics, all this like uh, big big interesting stuff but bringing that all together in one place to allow us to actually deliver medication that is just going to be better it's going Mm. to be more efficient and it's going and ultimately it's going to help us deliver better medicines to, to patients and that's a use case that we're i know i'm very passionate about
0: yeah Awesome. So, kind of grounding it a little bit to mm. you know some of the agencies that are in pharma or healthcare, mm-hmm. what are some of the opportunities for for them right now?
1: Yeah. So, um, in every sense, at the moment, is probably uh, is the big data thing and mm-hmm. engaging with that data. That's going to enable us to build better solutions. Um, is is ultimately it's going to be the in our industry the next five to 10 years is the way we see it, is the way I see it. Yeah. And how I see that playing out is then enabling us not only to have access to easy access to all this grand data set, but I think you pinpointed it perfectly earlier on by saying it's not only just crunching the data, which is significant mm-hmm. in and of itself, mm-hmm. but it's allowing us to understand, okay, what do I do because of, um, of the, the realities that exist. Mm. So understanding how can we deliver, uh, better content and how can we deliver? Cause as, as we understand, uh, with businesses like Amazon, uh, it's not only just the sort of mainstream products that sell very well, mm. but it's also understanding the long tail. i just, I spoke about that in the clinical trials, mm. but how can we deliver, for example, um, We all know uh, HCPs, again, with COVID, severe, severe face-to-face restrictions. They're engaging more online. There's data being generated from that. We understand how people want to be communicated with. We're understanding that much better. We then can drive content, or we can drive engagements, or we can drive um, better information Mm. to our, our customers through the data so understanding okay so if this is the channel that they prefer um i don't know uh what your conversations have been like in this space but omni channel has been has been gaining real steam there's significant barriers to actually executing that in our industry Mm -hmm. but data is going to be a huge part of that and agencies that engage with this data and are proactive about um, engaging with this new reality as it is are the ones that will succeed.
0: Yeah, definitely. And on the flip side, if Mm -hmm. we go to the farmer side, what do you see some of the um, kind of benefits and some of the opportunities that they can have? We've kind of brushed on some of them, but if we go a little bit deeper on specifics Mm -hmm. for
1: them. So in terms of what they can uh, benefit from using using artificial intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I think the biggest one is uh, allowing just the cross-functional nature of 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 the business of the the way we approach um, how they get medicines to patients. So, mm-hmm. I spoke about it a little bit earlier in terms of understanding med affairs and market access and and the commercial piece. But if we start to understand, okay, this is a molecule that is gaining traction mm-hmm. um, in hematology, for example, or again, maybe key, maybe focus in more key for the moment, we're, we're respiratory. And we start to understand these this is how the market looks, and this is how this is the outcomes that are being generated from the drugs that are out there. We start to reference clinical trials, historic clinical trials. We start to understand, okay, so this is. So we understand it's, it's taking much longer and it's more expensive for um, organizations to actually get drugs to market. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, um, and I'm not even talking about that long ago, about 10 years ago, is you would have a uh, very heavy reliance on, on blockbuster drugs, mm-hmm. and that's becoming more and more expensive to generate. And as we know, as I spoke about the clinical trial piece earlier on, it's actually not leading to that great outcomes because as the many, many, many patients are being ignored and are falling through the cracks. Mm -hmm. So the more efficient we can be in sort of the drug pipeline and then we understand who the thought leaders are, we understand what the pricing and we can start to uh, really engage with value-based medicine, which Mm -hmm. again in the next sort of generation will be the way things are. And then understanding. Okay, so I I talked. I talked about what the benefit is for agencies. Is about delivering if uh, your customers are engaging with your. Um, medical content for example I've, I've downloaded your latest sort of white paper on a, on, a, on a therapy area I'm really interested in the value for example with a face-to-face engagement with a sales representative is completely shifted because mm. in the past that's what the content I'll be delivering but if I know that already I've got to understand as an organization okay what other value can I bring here mm. and so understanding the data and understanding how what's meaningful about that data and then a- being able to action that and execute that consistently. That is going to be what the real value is for the organizations delivering better, hopefully faster development and more sort of efficient development. Mm. And, uh, and obviously this is what we're in the game,
0: right? For, mm. um, for better patient outcomes. Amazing. Great. So who really inspires you in the industry? Yeah, good
1: question. Yeah, there's lots of uh, there's lots of amazing people in the industry, which is which is um, which is amazing. So uh, a big a big fixture. Love his content. Love everything that the company's doing. So there's obviously Vas Narsinham from uh, Novartis. Mm-hmm. How we're starting to understand how to shift culturally. As a, as a big organization, one of the biggest flat-out organizations, not just healthcare organizations in the world, mm-hmm. how we can better uh, use technology um, and data and AI and all these things in a meaningful way, not just yeah. sort of as, as a, as a tack-on, but yeah. very central to every one of Novartis's businesses. Mm. Um, and, well, frankly, it's, it's probably a little bit rote, but... One of the reasons I work here is our CEO Lubna Borfa. So, what inspires me about her is her relentless um, pursuit of, of, the, of the mission. Obviously, mm. but I think it's one of it's what kind of person are you? So it kind of hops uh, back to when she first started. She was uh, practicing sort of uh, machine learnist, data scientist. About uh, 12 years ago, and what she was doing, she was helping to predict surgical error in real time in theatre. So she had mm-hmm. built sort of a a, a, a a sort of surgeon's pod, which would sort of compute what the what the surgery was going what's going on, and able to predict based on again previous data where what specific things were going to lead to. an error Mm. and we can see through that the passion as as it's as it's yeah yeah many many years later as as imbued in in our culture of how we think okay technology is nice but what's it actually delivering so that's 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 pretty that's pretty significant
0: awesome so where can people go and follow more news about Accra and maybe about your thoughts on AI as well
1: yeah, um, so our website is probably the best place to go for everything. Okra Technologies, which is okra.ai, so o k r a .ai, um, and I think what's anyone that's interested in sort of customer engagement. Uh, we recently held a webinar really around what are the what are the big pieces in the next three to five years for the pharma industry around customer engagement. Mm-hmm. And we have a white paper uh, around that coming out soon too. So, if that's your interest, I would really, I, com- I really highly recommend that you sort of give us a, a visit.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks very much for sharing with us, Eric, and uh, yeah, hopefully see some more good work coming out of Hopkins. Uh, thank
1: you. I appreciate your time, Dan. Cheers, it's, Eric. It's been great. It's been great.